0: Monday, July the 13th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, the fallout from Stone's pardon and America breaks COVID-19 records. First, the world in brief. In reaction to President Donald Trump's decision to commute the sentence of Roger Stone, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of America's House of Representatives, announced plans to introduce legislation to limit the President's powers of clemency. Meanwhile, Robert Mueller, the former special counsel who investigated collusion between Russia and Mr Trump's campaign, defended his indictment of Mr Stone, saying that he remains a convicted felon. The World Health Organization reported a record 230,370 new COVID-19 cases globally on Sunday. The biggest increases were in America, Brazil, India and South Africa, which reinstated a ban on selling alcohol in response. Nearly 13 million people have now caught the disease. More than 566,000 have died. Florida reported a record for an American state, with over 15,000 new infections. Cases across the country have exceeded 60,000 for three consecutive days. There are signs it is running out of testing capacity. In Poland's presidential election runoff, Andrzej Duda declared victory against his liberal rival, Rafał Czawskowski, while just two percentage points ahead in the exit polls. Mr Czawskowski refused to concede so quickly. Mr. Duda is supported by the Ruling Law and Justice Party, which espouses anti-gay policies and has been accused of undermining the rule of the law. More than 600,000 Hong Kongers cast ballots to pick candidates representing the pro-democracy camp in legislative elections in September. Its leaders say the high turnout reflects antipathy to a sweeping national security law. They hope to win a majority of seats for the first time since the territory's handover to China in 1997, despite an apportionment system stacked against them. The British government announced plans to spend £705 million, $888 million on extra border infrastructure. Britain is preparing for the imposition of trade controls between it and the European Union after the Brexit transition ends on December 31st. WeWork's chairman Marcelo Clare said the office rental firm will report positive cash flow in 2021, a year ahead of schedule. It may even make a profit. Mr. Clairé thinks demand from big companies for flexible office space during pandemic will fill up its desks. But with overall demand for office space sliding as more employees work from home, analysis remain dubious. And Ubisoft, a French maker of video games including Assassin's Creed and Just Dance series, announced it will replace three senior executives following a newspaper report that alleged instances of sexual harassment and bullying at the firm. Ubisoft's chief executive acknowledged toxic behaviours and promised profound changes. And now, here's today's agenda Stone's Throw Donald Trump's Clemency. Last week, President Donald Trump commuted the sentence of Roger Stone, a longtime supporter and advisor, days before his 40 month prison term was set to begin. Mr. Stone was convicted of seven counts of witness tampering and lying to investigators. Mr. Trump did not dispute his friend's guilt, but the White House thinks him a victim of the Russian hoax. Mr. Trump's move fits a pattern of praising and rewarding associates who refuse to cooperate with federal investigators, and deriding those who do. Democrats have vowed to start investigations. Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of America's House of Representatives, is planning legislation to limit the President's pardon powers. That stands no chance of passing the Republican-controlled Senate, and may not pass legal muster. The Constitution grants Presidents nearly unlimited pardon powers. In any case, Mr. Stone is now both free from the threat of prison and, perhaps, able to get Mr. Trump re-elected this November. At the Double America's withdrawal from Afghanistan In February, America and the Taliban agreed that the superpower would pull thousands of troops from Afghanistan before a deadline this week. If the insurgents had worried that America would not keep its end of the deal, their fears had been assuaged. The target to cut troop numbers from 13,000 to 8,600 was hit a month ago. Under the deal, the remaining troops will be pulled out by next April, but that is conditional on whether the rest of the withdrawal deal is met. And it is on other issues that progress is less smooth. Talks between the Taliban and the Afghan government on how to reach their own settlement have been delayed. Violence has fallen too little. Yet the withdrawal may continue anyway. Donald Trump promised his supporters he would halt the endless war. In his uphill battle for re-election this November, securing the promised departure ahead of time could please his base. Happy or Sneezy? Disney Parks Reopen Even the Magic Kingdom is not immune to Covid-19. So the first guests through the gates of Disney's Florida Park, which opened on Saturday, and its Paris outpost, opening on Wednesday, will note some changes. In France, where the virus is broadly under control, guests over 11 will wear face masks. In Florida, where more than 15,000 new cases were diagnosed yesterday, there are temperature checks and children as young as two must be wrestled into masks. Reopening the six parks, all back in business now apart from California, is crucial to Disney. Last year, together with the company's four cruise ships, they helped generate a third of operating profit, nearly double the share a decade ago. Their closure contributed to the 91% drop in net profit announced in the first quarter. Social distancing in parks will protect the magic Disney promises. It must also hope they will protect its bottom line. Stuck on the runway Cathay Pacific's bailout Shareholders are today expected to approve a plan worth $5 billion to rescue Hong Kong's flag carrier. Cathay Pacific will become the territory's first stock market-listed firm to receive emergency funding from the taxpayer during the pandemic. It is simply too big to fail. Aviation accounts for 5% of Hong Kong's output, Cathay Pacific alone employs 30,000 people. Like the rest of the travel industry, the carrier has struggled since the pandemic began, hemorrhaging $500 million during the first four months of the year. Like its rival Singapore Airlines, which received a bailout from its own city states government in March, it has been especially vulnerable thanks to closed borders and the lack of a market for domestic air travel. Cathay Pacific may have more to worry about even after the pandemic if Hong Kong's new Beijing-imposed national security law hurts the city's status as a global business hub. Publicly, however, the carrier supports the law. The Quiet Pandemic Africa and COVID-19 In the first months of the pandemic, there was hope that African countries would escape the worst. Today, such optimism is harder to find. As of July 12, Africa, which has 17% of the world's population, accounted for 2% of recorded deaths and 4% of cases. But epidemiologists know that the real tallies are much higher than official figures suggest. Testing rates in all but a few countries are pitifully low. Most states do not keep reliable cause-of-death records. In South Africa, where the disease is best documented, hospitals in Johannesburg are increasingly overwhelmed. On July 8th, the World Health Organization said it is worried that other African countries are also seeing sharp rises in cases. Africa's relatively young population ought to keep death rates low. That advantage may be outweighed by the weakness of the continent's health systems. The African pandemic may be a quiet one, but it is very much real. Finally, here's the quote of the day from John Clare, who was born on this day in 1793. Superstition lives longer than books. It is engraved on the human mind till it becomes part of its existence. That's it from The Economist morning briefing available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber